Hello and welcome to The Kim Iverson Show. I've got an absolute bombshell of a story for you. There's new evidence that many of the batches of the Pfizer vaccine administered to the public, up to 30% were placebos. And even worse, the evidence points to regulators knowing about it and willingly administering them. Now, either they were actively experimenting on the public or they were covering up for the fact that the vaccines came with numerous side effects. So let's go over the story. This came out today in a, this was a, a piece that was written in the, the Daily Skeptic. They did a great job covering this, that there are five German scientists who are now raising the alarm, uh, sounding the alarm bell. They're out there really trying to get the public to know that there was a study that was finished up in March of this year done by some Danish, uh, Danish scientists that uncovered this bombshell. Now these German scientists are looking at this study and saying, holy crap, this, this, is, uh, this really showcases some serious nefarious activity that had gone on regarding the COVID-19 vaccines, the Pfizer ones in particular. And everybody absolutely needs to know about this. And further, there needs to be a serious investigation into this. So let's start off with the actual Danish study that caused these five German scientists to read this and say, what the heck? And now they're going around trying to do interviews, trying to educate people. They've been um, assessing the information that was uncovered in this study. And let's go through it. So what the Danes did in this study is they looked at uh, the, the Pfizer vaccines that were administered in Denmark between the dates of December 2020 to January 11th of 2022. So about two-year time period they were looking at, or I guess that would be a one-year time period. So about January of 2021 to January of 2022. So they were looking at all of the vaccines that were administered, all of the Pfizer vaccines that were administered. They said that there was about, in Denmark, and they only looked at the population of Denmark. So um, now I know that we're only going to be looking at Denmark, and this is what the data, this is where the data comes from. but you could you know, think that this is maybe was going on pretty much everywhere the Pfizer vaccines were being administered, or maybe certain countries had certain rules about it on how it was going on. But Denmark has a population of 5.8 million people. They gave out a large-scale vaccination program during that one-year time period. They wanted to look at all of the vaccines. Now, the thing about the Pfizer vaccines is that you can actually see the batch number. So if you remembered, if you happen to be somebody who got vaccinated, there was a batch number that was written on your vaccine card and the date. And that way you, if you had a side effect, what you could do if you were to contact VAERS or in the European situation, they were contacting their own European regulator. You would notify them of the vaccine batch if you believed you had a side effect from the, the COVID-19 vaccine. You would, you would report the side effect and you would also report the batch number. Well, this was standard practice in Denmark. That's how people did it. Now, again, their reporting system is very similar to VAERS. It's dependent on, um, it's, it's kind of, does the user want to report? Will the health healthcare worker, the doctor, the nurse, the individual, do they want to report it? Uh, most people don't, so it's definitely underreported, and it's you know it's voluntary. So you have to take that into consideration because that actually skews the numbers lower than higher typically. So this would be underreporting. So what they these researchers did was they looked at all the different vaccine batches, 
that were administered in Denmark. And they looked at then the correlating vaccine side effects that were reported based on those batches. And they looked and were able to separate these batches into three different categories. And here's the chart that you can look at. Here's the graph that we've got for you. So here you can see the blue, the blue bunch there is extremely high rates of vaccine side effects for those batches. Each dot represents a batch. And the batches that were given out, some of them had anywhere from, let's say, you know, a few thousand doses to hundreds of thousands of doses in that batch. Some of the batches had up to 800,000 doses in that batch. So the blue line there represents batches that had a very high rate of incidence when it comes to side effects. Very, very high. In fact, it was one in 10. And in some of the cases, some of the batches, it was one in six. Okay. The green line are batches that had a moderate number of side effects that were associated with those batch IDs. So they said in this case, the figure showed about one to 400, one in every 400, which they said is actually still really high for vaccines. Uh, when you compare it to influenza vaccine side effects, one in 400 is still very, very high, but one in six or one in 10 is outrageously high without the blue batch of those different batches of Pfizer vaccine. Interestingly, the yellow line, the yellow line there shows absolutely no side effects. So there was a group, a significant number of vaccines, Pfizer vaccines, that had not a single side effect associated with them. So the researchers look at this and they're thinking, huh, okay, uh, well, why, why would a certain group have absolutely no side effects. And these scientists said, the only time you get that is in the control group. That's the group that, that's given the placebo. That's when you, that's, that looks like placebo. So you've got a bunch of people, and they said that yellow line accounts for about 30% of the Pfizer vaccine doses that were given in Denmark in that one-year time period. 30% of them, they looked at that and said, no side effects. When the other two groups had one in 10 side effects or one in 400, extremely high rates of side effects, and now you've got a bunch, hundreds of millions of doses that were given out in Denmark with absolutely no side effects. That is placebo, they say. So these German scientists looked at this Danish study. They, they see this, and they decided to do a little bit further research. And what they did was they looked and saw, okay, you can look at the regulator. It's public information. You have to request it in Europe. But the regulation is supposed to test the batches. So there is like a control mechanisms that, you know, they, they, they get these large batches. They're supposed to do some control testing on them to make sure that the batches are good. And, they, and there's, there's numerous reasons why you would do this. And, and there's different points of time of when you could also test a batch. So if you test a batch right when it's coming out of the factory, maybe it's going to show that it's, it's good, the solution works or whatever it is that you're, you know, the medicine works, it's potent, you know, it's active. But maybe when you transport it on a truck, maybe it's not properly refrigerated, maybe it gets lost in transit and it sits in a warehouse for a while, maybe then by the time it gets to the facility of where it's, where it's supposed to end up, it also doesn't end up stored correctly. 
right? Maybe there's all of these different sort of issues that can happen but from the time it's leaving the manufacturer to the time that it gets injected into your arm. So at some point in this process, the controllers are supposed to test these vaccines. And what they uncovered through public information, these five German scientists, were that some of them were tested and some of them were not. But look at this chart here. This is in German, but ja is yes and nine is no. And the, the blue group, they were able to look at the batch number of the Pfizer vaccine, and they saw that every single one in the blue group had been tested by the regulators. It says, yeah, for every single one, right? The green group there, nearly all of them, only three there were not tested by the regulators, but every other green one there was tested by the regulator. That's the moderate group that had still high of vaccine side effects. But it's the ones that had one to every one in every 400 had a side effect. OK, so the blue group had the really high rates. They were all tested. They passed inspection and they were rolled out to the public. The green one also, most of them were tested. The vast majority were tested and they all rolled out to the public. Now look at the yellow one, the placebo group. Interestingly, when they went and double checked the regulation with the placebo group, with what they, they thought, well, the, the group that doesn't have any side effects, so it looks placebo, they found that. All of them but one were not tested by the regulator. Not only one out of all of those groups were tested by the regulators. None of them were. So they just let them slip by. How could this possibly be? What are the chances that the group that got no side, that no side effects whatsoever, that looks like a placebo, that looks like saline solution, what are the chances that none of them would have been tested except one when all the others were tested in the other groups, practically all of them? What are the chances of that? The chances are next to nothing. And do you know what that showcases right there? That right there shows the regulators knew. They knew they didn't need to test the saline solution. It would have been a waste of their time. So they didn't. And they released it to the public. And that was 30% of the doses. And they were placebo, and they knew they were placebo. That's what that looks like. This obviously needs to be investigated. And we would like to see this investigated here in the United States as well. Were they doing this? And where were they doing this? Did they notify people that they potentially were getting a placebo? Did they know that, did, were the people aware? that they were in a clinical trial, essentially. That's what that is. That is a test. You are a test subject. They rolled this out to the public. They, in some of the arms, injected the real stuff. And in many of the arms, 30%, they injected the fake stuff. They knew it. And they were collecting data. Here's what's also really interesting. Look back at the blue group. This is the group that had one in six, one in 10, one in six or one in 10 had side effects. From this group, okay? All of them were tested. What's interesting, go back to the other chart. What's interesting here is the number of doses that were administered in those groups that had one in six or one in 10 side effects, extremely high rates. The doses there, look at that top one 11,700 doses. The highest number is 73,710 doses. 
Okay, that's that's the most doses that they rolled out of that group that had one in six or one in 10 side effects. Go over to the green and the yellow. Look at the numbers of doses in some of those groups, 262,000, 595,000, 814,000, 381,000. I mean, and then you go to the yellow, the, the placebo, potentially the placebo group, 485,000. 163,000, 205,000, hundreds of thousands of doses were given out in these other two groups. So the researchers are looking at that blue group where people were reporting an extremely high rate of vaccine side effects. And they believe that what happened was when the regulators saw that, they pulled it. They quietly pulled it out of the market. They recalled all of those batches without telling anybody. Because they saw, oh crap, that one has too high rates, too high of a rate of side effects. Why would you do that? Maybe there were three, and it looks like it, right? It looks like there were three. Now it's possible that the blue was a mistake. There were, uh, there was a large recall of the vaccine in Japan, for example, where they recalled uh, millions of doses because they were tainted. So it's possible that the blue ones were bad batches. Uh, really bad batches. One in six, one in 10 people getting a side effect. That's a really bad batch. It could be that it was a intentional, it was an intentional batch and that they were experimenting on the people, giving them this extra dose of something that had something different in it that they were testing because it looks like if they were giving people placebos, that they were experimenting on people. There's no other way to slice it. And the only other thing that's possible is that they were covering up for the massive number of side effects that they realized, oh crap, our vaccine causes an outrageous number of side effects. And the only way to mitigate it, to keep the public calm and to keep taking our injection is to give a chunk of them a placebo. We know they won't get a side effect from that. And so the rate of overall rate of side effects will be way lower. So it's either one of the two, because if they knowingly rolled out a placebo, that this wasn't just a bad batch that lost its potency in, the tr in transit, that just wasn't refrigerated. No, that's not how they, they knowingly chose not to test the placebo group. That means they knew it was a placebo. That's not just they rolled it out and oh, something happened. It became ineffective. It just wasn't refrigerated. And so everybody got a ineffective jab. That's not what that looks like. So the blue group, it's possible that this was a different formulation and they rolled it out there as they were experimenting on people saying one group gets the placebo, uh, like 30%, 30% placebo, 30% getting this um, moderate side effect one. And maybe they had 30% of the doses for this heavy one that they were testing out. Maybe it was more like a Moderna, you know, level where it had, it was more potent and they rolled it out and said, oh crap, Ooh, that one's really causing a lot of harm. We better roll it back. And each time they did it when they got to, you know, under 75,000 jabs and they said, go ahead and pull that, bring that back in. Don't give out any more of those. Too many people are getting injured. That is what this is looking like. This is criminal. Um, so many of us said this is an experimental vaccine. 
This is ex they're experimenting on us. They said, no, uh, even though they made you sign this ridiculous author, this consent form when you went to go get vaccinated, saying, by the way, this is experimental. And maybe that was their way of saying, by the way, we're experimenting on you. <laughs> and that you're in one giant clinical trial without you really realizing it. And you are going in there thinking you're going to get yourself. You know, a lot of people really felt like that COVID vaccine was going to save them. They thought it was going to save them. They thought it was going to save grandma. They really believed that. And those people would be, I think, the most infuriated. I, I personally would feel relieved if I found out that my family members actually got the placebo. I'd be like, oh, OK, you mean there's a 30 percent chance that you didn't get the real thing? That's actually kind of, in my view, good news. But for a lot of people, that's really bad news, right? Because they really believed that these vaccines were going to be really good for them. And they really thought it was going to stop the spread. They really thought that it was going to make it to where they didn't have any symptoms or they thought it was going to keep them out of the hospital or they thought it was going to keep them from dying. And we know now that that is not the case, that maybe there is some benefit to people over the age of 65 years old. That is still up yet to be seen. And what kind of long term side effects those people have unclear. But those people that really wanted this vaccine, for them to find out that they were maybe part of an experiment where there was a 30% chance they didn't get the real thing, they would be outraged. The rest of us should be outraged as well that we said they were experimenting. This was an experiment. And this study that has come out of Denmark, when they looked at all the vaccines and the batches that were given to all the Danish people, and they found they were able to see that there was these trends and it shouldn't have this kind of trend. It should be pretty much even all across the board, but they found three different groups and they found that blue group, they pulled those vaccines quietly out of the market before they hit 75,000 jabs when they realized one in six or one in 10 were getting sick. And they knowingly rolled out a placebo. They didn't even test it. They didn't even bother. Why? You don't need to. It's just saline. So this is infuriating. This is a bombshell. This absolutely needs to be investigated here in the United States. If they found this in Denmark, where else could they possibly find this? Another good question would be, are the records good enough in the United States? Did they keep good enough records to be able to uncover something like this? My guess is they wouldn't have. My guess is that they, um, if they were going to be doing something like that knowingly onto the American public, that they would have maybe done a little bit of a better job covering up for themselves. But, you know, I mean, it's not like we're dealing with the, we, I, I was going to, we're not dealing with scientists, it turns out, you know, should be, right? Should be dealing with intelligent scientists, but don't know who we're dealing with during this pandemic. So this is a bombshell. This actually goes along with, there was a, a article that came out from Children's Health Defense. This was criminal confidential EU documents revealed thousands of deaths from Pfizer shots, the Pfizer biotech shots. Confidential documents released by biotech to the European Medicines Agency reveal tens of thousands of serious adverse events and thousands of deaths among people who received the Pfizer biotech mRNA COVID-19 vaccine during a time period when the vaccine makers insisted they saw no safety signals. That's what they said. They insisted they saw no safety signals. But that Danish report that showed that they obviously must have quietly recalled batches of the vaccine because of high rates of side effects. They saw one in 400 side effects in the moderate group, in the, the good batch, supposedly. They knew. They knew that there were side effects. And this report, these documents that were released, 
proved this. They knew it. And they were going around telling everybody, don't you worry, there are no side effects. You conspiracy theorists, you thinking that we're experimenting on you, you conspiracy theorists, thinking that these are going to give you some sort of adverse side effect, you conspiracy theorist. That's how they treated us. And now look, it every conspiracy so far has turned out to be true, including this one, if it turns out that they really were actively experimenting on the public. That is another conspiracy theory that ended up not being theory at all. So they say in this article from Children's Health Defense that the documents were dated August 18th of 2022. They were marked confidential and they show that cumulatively during the clinical trials and the post-marketing period up to June 18th of 2022, a total of 5 million adverse events were recorded. The documents included an appendix with further details about the specifics of the identified adverse events. Among children under age 17, 189 deaths and thousands of serious adverse events were reported. This is just in Europe. The documents present data collected between December 19th of 2021 and June 18th of 2022. In addition the, to cumulative data on adverse events and deaths that occurred amongst those who received the vaccine during clinical trials and during the post-marketing period during December 2020 up to June 18th of 2022, which correlates with the Danish study of the information. Theirs is a little bit shorter. It goes from December 2022 to January, uh, December of 2020 to January of 2022. So this data that was um, uncovered from the, from the European agency goes six months longer. Since during this time, Pfizer said it identified almost no safety signals and claimed the vaccine demonstrated over 91% efficacy. Lies, right? Now we know from these documents that were uncovered that they lied. They absolutely knew of the side effects. They had 5 million recorded. And they were saying, nope, we don't have nothing to see here. There's, we, we don't have any. And then you see the Danish the Danish information, the data from them, they knew if they were pulling vaccines off the shelf. And I'm sure when they tested those vaccines and they were like, oh, they weren't contaminated. It was just, we were trying a heavier dose. We just wanted to see what would happen. And what happened was one in six or one in 10 people ended up with a, a serious side effect. Some of them probably extremely serious. Heart inflammation, which they, by the way, then tried to tell us wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, your little heart injury. What's a heart? You don't need it. It's not that important. You have other organs. <laughs> Don't be so concerned about your heart. <sighs> Conspiracy theorist. So uh, this is a bombshell. I am hoping that we see more. Uh, you know, the, these, this report just came out from the Danish study uh, in March or April. And now we've got other scientists in Europe that are looking at it and sounding the alarm saying, whoa, 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 this is not good. We need to be talking about this. What the hell happened here? It looks like they knowingly gave placebos to people. And uh, so that needs to be discussed more. Did the, maybe, you know, Denmark, maybe they have different laws. And maybe part of the laws are the government's allowed to experiment on you. I highly doubt that in a Scandinavian country, that that's allowed. Uh, I, I would think that that's more likely to be allowed here in the United States than somewhere over the, than Scandinavia. But because they value their freedom quite a lot. We saw what happened in Sweden and how they were demonized for valuing freedom for believing that people should have the right to make their own decisions. Um, so bombshell, hoping that we start looking into that here as well here in the United States.
All right, more uh, news. Rochelle's, uh, Rochelle Walensky, she's the CDC director, but she's stepping down last day for her. Is this coming Friday? And I'm sure there's going to be maybe a party for her at the CDC with some cake or maybe no cake. I don't know, because maybe they're all still wearing masks. Well, she wrote a piece in The New York Times yesterday titled, What I Need to Tell America Before I Leave the CDC. And she basically says... She's upset that we're all getting over the pandemic uh, so quickly. She says in her piece, you know, she wants to, she starts off exactly one year after the first laboratory confirmed case of COVID-19 was identified in the United States. I began my tenure as the 19th director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. At the time, vaccines were available, but new variants continued to emerge. And I viewed my primary challenge as bringing this country from the dark and tragic pandemic days into a more restored place. So she says that at the very beginning, that's the very first sentence. But then she says later on in her piece, you know, she says, I came in to bring us out of the pandemic into normalcy, into a restored place. And now she's stepping down. So if she's stepping down, you'd think that she feels like she achieved her goal. And then she says, public health work will continue to be critically important. And the challenge is just as complex. Yet I fear the despair from the pandemic is fading too quickly from our memories, perhaps because it's too painful to recall a ravaged nation brought to its knees. You hear that? You're getting over your despair way too damn fast. Why don't you just start moping again? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Get your mask back on. Some of them, they're actually telling people to put them back on. Go get more of those jabs especially if you're a college student, because some colleges are still mandating that thing outrageously for young men and women who are more at risk of myocarditis. Unbelievable. It's still going on. So, you know, there's at least that, Rochelle, right? There's at least still some people demanding masks and demanding vaccines for people that uh, could end up harming them. So maybe some people, for them, it's not fading too quickly, and they still are living very much in a state of despair. So she goes on and says, um, the agency has been sidelined, chastised, chastened by early missteps with COVID and battered by persistent scrutiny. She says, we tackled the aforementioned threats and barreled forward to address the hard lessons learned along the way. Even, amid the cha- even amidst the challenges, Americans must recognize the need for a strong public health system and for a robust CDC. She says, I believe that scientific expertise should not take a backseat to partisan will. That said, Public health and scientific recommendations inevitably intersect with social values and policy. Acknowledging this intersection is not to suggest that elected leaders, regardless of parties, should disregard science or undermine its integrity. We in public health must recognize that recommendations do not occur within a vacuum. Rather, they affect other sectors in American life, education, the economy, and national security, to name a few. So she says, you know, yeah, okay. Science should be first. It shouldn't take a backseat to partisan politics. But there's no denying that culture and policy and and partisanship is going to play a factor in uh, health recommendations. And she's absolutely right. We all remember the George, George Floyd protests. Do you remember that? When they told us that how dare you go out there and protest vaccine, uh, protest lockdowns? That if you're protesting lockdown, you're a grandma killer. Look at you being outside. You should be at home. You should not be out there protesting uh, lockdowns. But as soon as Black Lives Matter protests, swarms of people, much larger protests 
with crowds and hordes of people marching through the streets in every city of America, that was okay. That was considered a public health emergency and just as important as COVID, even though they were at, in the same breath telling us you're killing grandma if you're getting too close to each other, you're all going to die. But it's okay if it's in the name of fighting racism by marching, which, by the way, accomplished nothing, absolutely nothing. So it is partisan, obviously. But what about, you know, when they said we have, and that's what they mean, and that's really what she says. She says it doesn't happen in a vacuum. We have to take into consideration that there's going to be, you know, society and society has a say. And in that moment, when it came to the Black Lives Matter protest, society had a say. Right. Well, what about society and our culture of freedom? This is the thing, again, that Sweden said. Sweden said, well, we're a democracy and a free people. So we cannot, uh, as a government, in, uh, infringe on the freedom of people. We instead need to educate them and give them some recommendations. But otherwise, we believe in our culture, in a free people. And so, therefore, we will not act like a dictatorship, and we will allow freedom in our, in our society because that's our culture. They totally threw that part of our American culture away and said, who cares about your freedom? Do you remember that? When they were saying throughout the pandemic, my freedom, uh, my freedom. They'd make fun of people saying, I don't want to have a lockdown. I don't want mandates. Oh, yeah, because uh, my freedom. Okay. Yeah, that is a part of American culture, turns out. But that was not recognized by the CDC. Um, I have this little clip from, of Rochelle Walensky and some of the things that she said throughout the pandemic. She's trying to say in this New York Times article that titled What I Need to Tell America Before I Leave the CDC. She says, you know, I want to restore trust in these public health sectors. We need the CDC and the American people have lost some trust and faith in the CDC and we need to restore that trust. But her idea of restoring the trust does not include what is necessary to actually restore that trust because this is the type of stuff we were subjected to by the CDC that she still has not apologized for and come out and said, I was wrong and I apologize. And that would be the right way to restore that trust in the CDC. You want to restore trust? Come out and tell us you're sorry. Say you're sorry to the anti-vaxxers you demonized. Say you're sorry and apologize and admit you're wrong and say, we need to learn from this. There needs to be a reckoning. We need to go and figure out what failed. Did we allow politics way too, to be infused way too much into our system? Yes, you did. So watch this clip. Even if you were to get uh, infected during uh, post-vaccination, that you can't give it to anyone no. else. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. With this, within this publication, one that demonstrates the level of severe disease, even among youth, that are preventable, that force us to redouble our motivation to get our adolescents and young adults vaccinated. Parents should encourage their children to wear masks when in public indoor settings. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, parents can protect their children by getting vaccinated themselves. This will create a protective bubble around their children who are not yet eligible for their own vaccine. COVID-19 vaccines are now available for children under five. With this recent authorization from FDA and recommendation from CDC, nearly 20 million children are now able to get vaccinated against COVID-19. 
I know many parents with very young children have been anticipating this day. We now know, based on rigorous scientific review, that the vaccines available here in the United States can be used safely and effectively in children under five. There is a clear message that is coming through. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, she lied throughout the entire pandemic. Her time at the CDC is unfortunately tainted with all of these lies. These will never go away. These types of videos will circulate forever. And she wants to restore trust in the CDC. Well, the way to do it is to apologize, to own up to your lies, to own up to the mistakes that you made, and to discuss why you did that, why the agency followed such political partisanship when they should have been following science, why they ignored the science that was right in front of them, even just science that was given to them by the Israelis, the Israeli scientists who were sitting in those FDA and CDC meetings. They were invited. They zoomed in and they said, hey, by the way, this thing doesn't stop the spread. By the way, we're giving out our fourth dose now. So I don't know. It's not really, uh, you know, not really. It's not doing what you think it's going to do. You know, that's what we know. And that was all ignored. So um, she does say at the end of this piece, she says, I want to remind America, the question is not if there will be another public health threat, but when. So there you go. Uh, that is what we have to look forward to. And I'm sure that there will be more on the horizon. She's right about that. They are going to be definitely putting us through another pandemic of some kind. And because nobody's willing to own up to the mistakes that they made, uh, we're going to see the same thing happening over and over again.